When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's your story? Hey y'all, I'm Dominique. I'm the owner of Imperial Hookah and this is my story. This episode is brought to you by the Loyalty Club, one of the hottest brands out where they keep their items limited and only for the loyal few. Check us out online at theloyaltyclub.us or if you're in the New Orleans area, you can check us out at our flagship store, 841 Fulton Street. You already know what time it is. Only for the loyal few club time. Okay. So you know, but you graduated from Dillon. Mm-hmm. So like, what happened after Dillon? Like, hey, but did you go get one small, like, part-time job? Did you, did you jump into your, like, career? Like, what happened? Um, I did pretty much a lot of everything. So when I first started Dillard, um, I was serving. So I like served all over. I served at like Acme, Buffalo Wild Wings, all that. Um, once I graduated from Dillard, I kind of went back to like the same thing because I went and got my master's. So of course I was still back in school. I was a pro college student. So again, that's kind of how my hookah business came about because I got kind of tired of like bartending, serving, doing part-time jobs, like interning, um, Unfortunately, the city I was in, so I went to Huntsville, Alabama, which is, you know, I went to the school, Alabama A&M. So when I went out there, like, none of the clubs out there had hookahs. So I decided, like, I wanted to create a nice hustle for myself that would at least, like, be an investment into myself instead of investing into, like, everybody else's business. So that's kind of how the idea became about of owning a hookah business. So you came back to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And so how was that, like, you know, coming back? Being one, I'm like entrepreneur and trying to know, still focus on having one on that career. Um, for me, it was kind of like a quick transition because I already had like some people out here who was already still in the nightlife, like love. So, um, that was the easy part as far as my career. That was kind of hard part because I really didn't know what exactly I wanted to do or how I wanted to juggle like a professional life as well as owning a hookah business. Cause that's two different entities. One is, of course, like a nine to five, and then the other one is a nighttime job. So, um, it was a little rough at first. It was very rough um, because first I was a traveling like therapist. So I was like a telehealth therapist. Then I went into the school, and of course, that's not like something I promote as far as like my hookah business and what I do because I work at a school. So, trying to work till like three, four o'clock in the morning, and then wake up and go back to nine to five was a little bit challenging. So it's not something I would promote to people to do gotcha. unless you are really good with time management. So becoming one teacher in New Orleans, like, you know, you was telling me last week about some of your episodes <laughs> and stories. So like, you know, do you like, do you think like being one teacher in New Orleans right now at this, at this current state is one very on an entertaining job as well? Yeah, it's it's a little entertaining. Um, it was a little rough at first because I never saw myself being a teacher, so it's like 
that was a whole different thing, like, as far as me learning about myself. But once kind of, like, the kids found out, like, about me and, like, my story and, like, stuff I had been through, like, I became a relatable person. So, you know, you always have, like, your trouble kids who will, like, look at you and be like, girl, like, what you know? But a person like myself, like, I got shot when I went to Dillard. So, you know, when they find out stuff like that, when they find out, like, my hustle, my business, like, stuff I have going on, then in their head, I'm not just... A teacher like telling them like what to do is like no like more I didn't I didn't get it. So it's entertaining. <laughs> it is very entertaining because I feel like the kids be thinking I'm on a level or like I feel like they think they on my level a little bit. So it is like it's kind of like the highlight of my day. So so let's bring it back before we go forward. Like uh-huh. you know, getting shot. Like what happened? You know, like actually, what was your mind state after as well? Um, I was 18. I think I had like, um, I had like two months left before I graduated from Psy. And, um, I was just kind of like going through that point in life where like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I really didn't want to go to college. College really like was not my thing. Um, by me being homeschooled, a lot of my credits didn't transfer over. So I was in my right grade, but like homeroom and stuff like that, like I was behind. So, you know, when it came time for like senior year, Everybody, like, going to college, and, like, they're getting their acceptance letters, and I was behind, so college was, like, not on my list. Like, at that point, I said I was going to go to the military. I don't know why the military, but I said I was going to go to the military. So I decided I wanted to be back outside. Um, went outside, went to a party, and I got hit. So that was that. Um, it kind of, like, took an effect on like my mental health because I never like saw that obviously like happening for myself because it wasn't like you know I was like in the streets for real for real but um it kind of like took me to like a really 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 dark point in my life but I felt like that's what made me wanted to go into like helping kids or at least like being a relatable person to other people because mm-hmm. now like I can understand like you know addiction I can understand like suicide I can understand like mental illness and like you know, wrong place, wrong time, or like right place, right time, or like however you want to describe it. But I can understand like the ins and outs and like how and why people maneuver how they do. And like, you know, getting shot, it doesn't happen to everyone. So it's like, Mm -hmm. when you get shot, or like especially when it's not meant for you, and you kind of question God and a lot of different things, like why me? So like, you know, like even going to school after that, like, it, but it probably made you a little like shell shock as well, like like actually when you actually seen most stuff. So like you know, if, how did you like remain focused to actually you know, to actually go through school? Um, mentally, I'm gonna be honest. I checked out for about like the first three years after I got shot, because when I went straight into Dillard, I went to Dillard like two months after I got shot. So I was freshly like, you know, I still had I still had the bullet in my ankle. Um, I had like a cast, I was on crutches. Like they used to like maneuver me around like on a golf cart, like wheelchairs, like it was bad. Um, but it kind of got to the point where I felt like, I felt like I was just placed in school just to kind of like, help other people like I don't really feel like school really was meant for me at that time um but 
I think that's what you like what you said like you kind of get into like questioning God like okay God like why this happened to me out of all people like you know what am I supposed to do with this like you know can I make a testimony out this like like what is the benefits or you know what's the positive about this so my first two years honestly I want to say like it was more so I guess re rediscovering myself and trying to like rediscover God going through therapy like rehab like learning like how to walk again like you know but I'm not gonna lie like I was still being a kid so like you know I was still trying to go outside I was still trying to be like relatable with my friends and like still do other stuff but it's kind of like I don't really feel like they really like genuinely understood me so I felt like it put me into like a deeper like mental state so you weren't even I'm like scared of, of like going back outside like I'm uh -uh. To back I was back outside literally <laughs> three weeks after I got shot right. like that's how like out of it I was because in my head like it didn't happen like even right. though it happened like it didn't happen because in my head it's like that really didn't happen so I was right back outside gotcha. and every time I went outside somebody got shot Dang. so literally I would be at a party on crutches Crawl, literally crawling or either being carried out of the party. Trying to get away to make sure you get shot again. That's crazy. It's... <laughs> if it's too a chance for the world, like, if you experienced it, like, you know... <laughs> nah, <laughs> like, I'm gonna be like, honest, like, <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't go back and change it solely because, like... It's a Like I said, like, I feel like when you are a people's person or if you're a person, like, in nightlife or a person who working 9 to 5, like, working with other people, like, you do understand them more. Like, it do make you relate to them more instead of you just sitting there like nodding and being like oh, okay cool like I understand like you don't understand so I feel like you know it was unfortunate that it happened to me but I feel like I learned so much about myself like good bad dark and ugly that I feel like I wouldn't change and you actually learn and who cares and like how people treat you as well yeah so like actually this question like after getting shot like did you actually did that actually I don't like determine actually what guys you kind of I'm like date like you know I don't think I won't date him because you know if he in the streets he you know if it's liable to happen again or whatever. Um, not necessarily because I felt like during that time I end up like trauma bonding with those type of dudes because they they understood it so I felt like it made me trauma bond with them like you know I end up either they understood it they've been through it when their partners got killed, something like that. So I felt like I didn't really, I'm not going to say I dated them or like took them serious, but I but also the, felt like the bond? it was the bond because I felt like, you know, a normal quote unquote person looking at a girl who got shot at 18, like they're not really about the, at least back then that's how I felt. I felt like they wouldn't take me serious because, oh, you got shot. Like, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how I felt. Think. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> right. But it ended up being the opposite. But like I said, at that time, like, I was so lost. Like, I was 18 going to a party to get away from school and life. And, like, literally, I come out getting shot. And I got shot so quick, I didn't even know I got shot. Right. So. Gotcha. So, yeah. like, you know, fast forward. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'll, actually, before we get back to you being a teacher, like, if you could describe it, how is the dating life for you in New Orleans? <laughs> um, it's interesting. I would say it's it's interesting. Um, it's not the worst, but I kind of feel like everybody out here 
on their own wave. So I felt like everybody felt like they got options, which if you're a person who want to settle down, you know, maybe that's not your cup of tea. But if you're a person who's not at this point in your life want to settle down, then you feel like, you know, the world is yours. So I feel like dating out here, it's a little confusing, but, you know, you make it what it is. But I think it's about certain age demographics and also actually what people been through. Mm -hmm. You know, some people kind of like done, been there, done that for a long time. You know, after a certain age, they're like, man, I really want to. Like, I was nothing out there for me in the street no more. But I feel like from my experience, people will say that, but they also don't have the backup plans to get themselves out the streets. So I feel like, you know, the boys who been in the streets their whole life, like, yeah, once they hit the point of like 25, 26, 27, maybe 30, 32, between 25 and 32, they'll say like, yeah, they want to get out the streets. Oh yeah, they want to settle down, but they're not doing anything to settle down. Like they're not dating, you know, to be committed. Like they're not building to own a house. They're not looking to build a legacy. Like they just feel like, oh, you know, I'm gonna still date these girls, but y'all not gonna see me outside. Like that's them being out the streets. But it's like, no, it take more than that. Like it actually take like dedication to want to commit to somebody or like want to have something even if it's not marriage like it's putting in the effort behind it like you but know. you know on vice versa like this like speaking up for like a lot of these these guys out here like they didn't have too much to like like, like follow behind yeah like, a lot of these these you know if these young men have had like a father figure to see who like actually really ran the household you gotta think about it in new orleans 80 percent of the dudes saw they mama. And it's a, a female run right. a household. So they don't even know what it's like for a male to actually run a household mm-hmm. uh, or like or, or to even be one full provider. So it's like really they out there freestyling. Uh, like also, like how you mentioned earlier about the streets, like shit, I always told my mom if I ever get caught, I quit. So when I got caught, I quit at 25. Yeah. And I haven't sold anything ever since. But everybody have a strong mind like that. that it's the same thing as me, me stop drinking. Everybody's got that strong mind. But the thing is, it is hard, like, for the jump out the street and, like, go get a job. You're not going to make the same type of money. I know. Like, I people know. expecting you to be the same type of person and spend the same type of money when you don't have that money no more. I mean, it's not even, like, as far as you getting a 9 to 5. It could be something as simple as, like, investments. Like, you know, if you feeling like, okay, cool, you want quick money, invest into stocks. Like, do something. Like, create another hustle. Like, and, you know, again, I'm not a girl who in that type of business, so I can't speak on that side, but I feel like, you know, you have people who risking their life every day hustling, but it's like, you 50 years old, you still hustling, like at this point, you should want to retire from that, like you should have a legacy behind you, like you should be able to be comfortable at this point in your life, not want to hustle until you 75, you know, with no security, like no credit, no nothing, like you should want to at least at some point come clean and like actually have something for yourself whether it's flipping houses like flipping cars like trash companies like cutting grass like is buku business the craziest part about like now that i know with, with like dudes hustling you see a lot of money but nobody really t- like influence you and tell you that credit is way more important than the money i know like you can have no money but credit can bring you a long way but like you actually got the money to pay all that stuff off and get your credit to the next level, but nobody like but nobody teaches you that. I know. Like why are you hustling? You just think, oh, I got full goo money. Yeah, like, you're taking pictures with the money, but your credit really a full ninety. If that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying like you probably have zero <laughs> credit. Probably have zero credit. <laughs> but I'm saying in general, 
Like nobody teaches that. Right. And like I think that's crazy. Like, like you don't find a problem with that. Like it's like everybody. Yeah. Like they got people like so-called big dogs and mentors, but nobody tell them to get some credit. Nah, cause I this. feel like. No shade, no tea. I feel like when you come out of New Orleans, like by me moving away and coming back, I really do feel like New Orleans, and not even just New Orleans, but most big cities, it's like crabs in a bucket. Like, you go to these other, like, tourist big cities, like, they welcome you in, you know, you, you know, and they might, in their mind, like, you foreign. So it's like, they're not looking at you as competition. Like, they're easily they taking like you. You are one on a threat. You're not. So in their head, like, they're willing to put you on because they're, like, they're willing to invest into you, see what you're doing because, like you said, in their head, like, you're not really a threat to them. But that's also, like, a good and a bad thing because it's, like, right. you go to these other cities and you're so quick to come on, but then you come home and it's, like, dog, like, I grew up with y'all. Like, you hiring somebody to do the same thing I do, you know, you wouldn't have pay somebody more money than you paying me because you know me, like, right. so... And, and also, and, but that's the same thing. I, you know, I saw on the interview earlier. Like, basically, you can open up a business. Like, you have a hookah business, right? Mm -hmm. If I smoke hookah, I might go to somebody else and buy a hookah or, or like, go print the hookah and because it's not you. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and, but, like, and because I would rather not put more money in your pocket because I don't want to see you do better than me. Right. And, like, and, and you were right, but that, but that happens in a lot of cities. But, like, I've been to a lot of different cities. And, like, all those cities got people that, that has crab buckets, but it's like, yeah. you know, like for us, like New Orleans and like the South, people up North and like certain other like places on the West Coast felt like we kind of feel like most people in the South of the country anyway, so they don't feel like you're going to actually become like that big anyway. Yeah. So that, and so that's why they help you, but like, I don't think, you know, you know, everybody just had their own little motives. Yeah. But like, back to being a teacher. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you was telling me crazy stories about, you know, because, like, right now, New Orleans is, is known for, like, you know, you're getting your car broken to and different things like that. Mm -hmm. And, like, mainly the people that's bringing in your car and doing all the crazy stuff are, are teenagers. Kids. And, like, you know, every these teachers are, like, dealing with these kids every day. Like, like no no one ever hears the stories from mind. the teachers. Like, yeah. like, like, these kids <laughs> are the kids on the news, but I've seen this child every day and Teach seeing them. them transition from yeah. a good child to a baby gangster. So, like, you know, I want you to, like, chime in on, like, a few stories that, like, kind of caught your attention. Like, dang. Um, so, about that, like, I have a few kids. Um, luckily, you know, I don't work at, like, no super-duper bad school, like, no high school, nothing like that. So, my kids are fairly, like, decent. Like, the most they might do is find your Instagram and, like, spam it, but it's never, like, on no real, like, high stuff. But it was a situation where, um, one of my little kids, they end up bringing, like, the little window buster, like, to the school or whatever. So, you know, dude be doing his thing. So, you know, they do what they do. So, we just genuinely, like, having a conversation. I don't even know what we talking about. We just holding, like, random conversations. Because, like I said, you know, I be trying to, like, chop it up with him. So, I don't know how it come about, but he pull out the little window thing. And I'm like, I'm like, hold on. I'm like, what is this? He was like, yeah. And I'm like, hold on. I said, so you... You about to go mess with people's cars? He was like, yeah. He was like, but your car good. Like, I'm straight with you. Like, you good. Like, I'm never going to touch your car. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> okay. Like, at that point, it's like, first off, how do you even know my car? Like, let's start there. Like, you know, how do you even know my car? And B is like, okay, so what happens, like, the day, like, I have a bad running with you? Like, you going to decide, like, you going to hit my car? Or, like, if you see me out, 
you gonna you gonna hit the car behind me and be like, no, like I know her, like nah, her car good, like it just be crazy. But it's like when you actually like know these kids, like I know like the stories like you hear about them like on TV or you know whatever you read, it be so bad. But it's like when you actually like talk to these kids, like. It really do be a motive behind it, like you said. Like it don't just be like the good suburban kids, like who's bored and they just came across like weed, marijuana, nothing like that. Like no, it really do be children who've been raising themselves since like three, you know. And that's not like to say it's okay because you know it is what it is. But it's like most of these kids really do be raising themselves since two, three, four, five years old, seeing their mama, you know drugged out, cracked out, like, if mama even in the house, so, it just be, you know, like I said, like, you try not to, like, support them and be like, look, like, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, when you do hear these stories, or, like, when they tell you certain stuff, it's like, no, son, like, you know, you kind of have to chill out, like, at some point, you have to want more than so on and so forth, especially, like, when these kids come into you, telling you, like you said, like, how, like, they, they dad and got killed, their brother and got killed, Sister auntie, cousin drugged out. Like, I got kids right now. I'm 27. I got kids right now who, like, 11, 12, 13, telling me, like, they're mama my age. Like, so, I mean, I'm not saying I'm super young, but it's just, like, I'm basically, like, picturing myself at 12, 13 years old, like, raising a kid. Like, so, it do be certain situations where it's, like, you really do have to, like, sit down with a kid and be like, no, like, I'm an adult. Like, I could be outside and... I could do this, I could do that, but there is no way, like, you're supposed to be 12, 13, 14 years old trying to go to Shamrock with me, like, again, and it's just crazy, because it's like, how do y'all even and, know and, what this and, is? And for the nigga fist, I felt like I was going to places like that at 12, 13, 14, because I had older cousins that were, like, were, like, maybe a few years older than me, like, man, I could get you in there. Like, I remember being young as hell in Key West. I remember being young as hell at the Decker shop. On character, like yeah. I'm young, trying to holler at older women just to see if I get their number, and and like if I was, you know, if I get, and like if I got their phone number, I used to kind of be scared to even like tell them because I know they tell a grown woman. But I'm just saying, in general, I can see them kids trying, yeah. trying to holler at the teachers. So since we talk about the teachers as well, you know, if a lot of teachers has been getting caught messing with students and everything like that. So like, where do you draw the line then when ever when, when a student? becomes like too aggressive and like really trying to get at you for real um i've never really had a kid become too aggressive like i've had kids like hit on me like you know and again like i do feel like i mean i'm not a super young teacher but it's also not a huge age gap so i'm i'm like 10 years older than some of my kids so in their head i'm td i'm auntie i'm i'm big sister so it's like i feel like you know certain stuff is like you know if they be like oh you look cute you look pretty like from the girls i'll accept it you know long as it don't go too far as far as the boys like i don't feel like anything is aggressive as far as like a boy pulling on me nothing like that like i ain't never had that um i'll hear like a few comments like a little boy called me miss parker and i had to pull him to the side be like little boy like stop playing with me like i don't play like that like because it's like certain stuff like that like it'll entice another little kid to like keep going and keep going but as a whole I feel like I've already kind of drew a boundary like with the kids like yeah we could joke we could we could we could play like you know because again it's like y'all y'all still need somebody to understand y'all like I'm working with people who like 65 70 so it's like but also at the same time like they take that one joke that one playful like quote-unquote comment Next thing you know, somebody mama 
seeing it or they thinking like I'm their girlfriend, so no, so never had it, but I can tell you 100% <laughs> being a young teacher in a school is not for the week. <laughs> it is not for the week. It's not, not for the week. Like, you know, that's crazy because like, you just, because, you know, if you see so many, like, news articles about these teachers getting, like, and, like, getting caught up messing with these, you know, young dudes, like, like, you know, in the, like, the people sit back, like, why you messing with a kid? Like, actually, what can a kid do for you? But shit, I be messing with them, but I be saying, the kids that got some good backs, you know, and these women messing with these old ass men, and these kids flirting with you every day and making you feel special, you never know what might happen. I don't know. It, I don't know. People twisted. That's all I can twisted. say. It's, I think it's a mental problem. It is. I think it's more than a mental problem. Like you said, I feel like it's it's comforting. Like, it's, it's that, not intimacy, because I don't want to say it like that, but, you know, if for the for the people who I do see it, who are the the teachers who are getting caught is the teachers teaching high school kids. Right. So like you said, like you got them them kids who eighteen years old. But you know? I still think it's a mental issue. Cause I'm like in my mind, like you got it on your mind that you telling me you think that this child not gonna tell nobody that y'all your old ass messing with them. <laughs> like you gotta be like in a different mind frame, not thinking you gonna get caught eventually. But my thing is like you don't get nothing like from gaining from that. Like you messing with children. Like a child who don't have nothing going for themselves at the moment. Well, they got some of them actually get pregnant and really be looking for a family with these children. I know. And that's sick. What you think they parents that think? Their parents will accept that your old sick. ass coming in there talking about I'm pregnant for my that baby. That's sick. What you gonna put them on child support? He's a child. They be the ones that be posted up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, send these children money. And it's like, you don't feel like that's gonna trace back to you? Like you sending this child thousands of dollars who 14, 15, 16, where they getting this money from? I ain't gonna lie to you, just me. My teacher would send me a thousand something dollars. I was like, I would not tell nobody. I would, like, I would tell, don't tell nobody. Like, oh, this is a come up. It's more than And guess what? I will extort you. <laughs> if you try to stop paying me, oh no, I'm gonna tell on you. So y'all locked in. Yeah, you locked in. We locked in. Do not, do not change on me. Keep that same energy with the thousand dollars. So what happens when she won't mess with your partner? Everybody get both of us a thousand dollars. If you put out your money right, I ain't gonna be mad at you messing with my partner. Insane. But guess what? Now you got two people extorting you. That's so that's all you if you want to mess with both of us. That's, <laughs> that is crazy. Anyways, moving forward. <laughs> so, like, you know, being one, you know, have teacher, mm. entrepreneur, like, what do you enjoy most about it? And what do you all like dislike about it? Um. One thing I say I think I like about it is that I feel like it's a hustle. Um, and whether it's with a person want to have a nine to five, a person want to have a business, like you still have to genuinely be dedicated to it. Like, so I really do feel like my business taught me discipline. Cause like I said, I'm not gonna lie. Like I was a person like, if I didn't like the job, if I didn't like the school, if I didn't like the people, I'm out. Like, I'm quitting it. First day, first training. I ain't even make it to sign my name. Like, I'm out. But um, I think once you do have a business, like, you can't just ban every, you know, upset customer. Like, you can't just block every time somebody want to book you and then they don't, they don't send a deposit right then and there. Like, so I do feel like it teaches you patience about yourself. It teaches you, like how to be a people's person, like how to connect to different demographics, whether it's like different sales, like sales throughout the year, um, 
designs um it also like keeps you open-minded when it comes to knowing like whatever is trending today may not be the same like four five six seven months from now even like a week from now um one thing that i would say i dislike about it um sometimes i feel like i have the code switch so sometimes it's like it's a 50 50 thing like obviously you know i can't go into my traditional job or traditional you know job moving forward wanting to talk about being a business owner all day or how i've been up all night you know because i had to do a private event or so on and so forth so um but sometimes like i said like you just have to kind of use everything to your advantage like even with those conversations i could go to my boss and be like hey like look i'm not gonna lie i've been up all week you know, I don't have hookah staff this week, so on and so forth. Or, hey, I may have to leave early to go pick up this this shipment, something like that. And sometimes it does make them, like, respect you more and take you more seriously. And you never know who you networking with. Like, even with me being a teacher, I didn't even realize half of, like, the parents know me from my hookahs. Or half of them, like, come to me and be like, hey, like, I know you have a hookah business. And they also have a business. And, like, they'll reach out to me for private events they'll reach out to me to like even do businesses and like combine stuff together. So I would have been sending my flights home with the kids. That's <laughs> just me personally. Nah, but not for tobacco products, if, can't do that. If I know it's not legal, I'm just saying it to without me, hey, man, look, nah, since you know, it. you know you might as well go hand and slide that, you know, slide it over <laughs> to your mama. Nah, them, their parents be knowing. <laughs> and I didn't even realize like how much, I guess, social media plays a part into our life now. Cause like when I would call parents, because the kids working on my nerves, they'd be like, oh yeah, we know you. I'm like, you know me. How you know me? And like, oh, baby, we already researched you. The kids already pulled up your Instagram. We know you own a business. We support it. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, girl, what? Shout out so, to the teacher. Shout out to the teacher. Because <laughs> I remember when I was younger, we had some old ass teachers. We had no relatable teachers. Absolutely not. We had the, the, the waddling ones, the anger ones, the ones. I didn't even know, like, I actually thought it was a certain age to become a teacher if how old the teacher was when I was young. Like, I thought you had to be just old and damn near. Old and angry. Yeah. Old and like, angry. Like, wearing a big old, uh, like, skirt dress looking things. Like, everybody just dressed like. Glasses down. And, like, kind of, you know, like, when I was young, teachers wasn't as revealing. Yeah. Like, now you can look on Instagram and social media like, dang, I wish that was my teacher when I was young. Yeah. I would have, I've been more inspired of going to school, you I know. I had to definitely clean up my Instagram. <laughs> I had to clean up my social media 100% before I became a teacher. Not because it was revealing, but because I felt like, you know, I was me. Like, whether it was my piercings, my tattoos, me going out to the club, like, certain photo shoots. Because I, I used to be heavy into, like, modeling prior to, like, you know, becoming a teacher. So, but it's certain things like, you know, you kind of have to clean up a little bit just so, you know, they don't get the wrong idea about you. Yeah, but do you still want to be a model? Yeah. Still think about it? Yeah. It just, just, it's like I said, I'm at a point now, I'm not 22 no more. Right. Like, back then I didn't have nothing to lose outside of just like a degree. So, back then it was like, you know, social media, I mean, it was still big, but it wasn't as big as like people you work with finding you. Like, they had to go through loopholes to find you. Now they could just put in your number on Cash App. Like, they could go through, they could find your address, your phone number. Like, I done had kids. I saw, I saw in my life, I had a kid come up to me. My first two days as a teacher did a background check on me, found my address and phone number. Hey, but I see why kids going to people's houses and bringing in their cars, huh? I know where you live. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
The crazy was, I don't know how they do it because I be trying to research just if just stuff on me and I can't find myself. So I don't know what site they be on. Maybe they they will go through the loops to find you if they really want to. But these kids are way more informative. Like, hey, but I gave my son a loyalty club chain. And he told me the next day how much it cost and everything. He said, I went to the website and everything. Like, just everything I tell him, he even researched it all already. I'm like, like these kids are like, the, like if this generation, they want to know everything. Mm -hmm. They want to know it to the T. But they don't make A's and B's. Like, if you do, if you take nah, that same much. They're not interested in that. I'm saying, but available. if you take that same energy, y'all take it like, y'all have way more technology than we had. Yeah. Like, just, just with Chad GBT. True. I would, I would probably be an honorable student with Chad GBT. But I feel like for everything... Like technology wise, it's the loophole good and bad around it. Like with the chat GPT, you know they have it now where like if you submit it, they could like uh find like the source from it. Right. Like so I feel like it's good but I also feel like it dumbs them like dumbs the kid down. Like when when I was their age, like I think the most we had was like the IMVU, we had like the Sims, we had LimeWire. Like, and then MySpace. If I'm 36. You, you know how hard it was to go to the library and search on that little old computer where the book was at? Just to find the book. I'm not even talking about just to go. Like, like we didn't have Google when I was like in middle school and stuff like that. Google? I wish Google yeah, existed. Had Google. I had Google. Yeah, but I'm telling you, oh, I am. Like, Google, like, you know, like, I wish. Which I had Bing? Man, we had. You had to be rich to have internet. Then the internet took a long time, like some, like a wow. dial, like doo -doo -doo, like I it was, know. like it wasn't, it wasn't near as close to what people had. Now, I, I used to just tell kids like, man, if I had a cell phone, I had a cell phone, but mm. if I had free text messages before all Katrina, day? I'm about to say all oh, day. Oh no, I, I would have been lit. Man, what? I had to send a long text message out because it, it was ten cents. Oh no, I had to I make sure it count. Yeah, but now people got hey, let's show words. baby. We had that house phone. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking about like my high school last two years. We had like the little Nokia phone that was free after nine o'clock. Yeah, and that's, weekends. That's but when, like that's then it turned to seven o'clock. That's what we started. And the text was still wasn't free. Yeah, but I'm talking about when these kids got free text messages, internet, every, like Everything. you, you can actually not actually like, and I kind of think it kind of ruined the kids' motivation. Mm -hmm. So tell the people, I'm like, what's next for you? Everything. Um, I'm currently in nursing school right now, so we about to get about teaching. Um, we gonna. Hey, you miss the kids? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I'm gonna try to get into like they got some called a psych nurse, so it's basically like a nurse who work with. And they make people. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. hundred percent glad you know. Um, so we talk to my fiance did that, but she said it can actually make you crazy too. Not work and working with crazy people. I mean, I work with crazy people. Oh, yeah. Well, you're a crazy kid. I'm talking about when a person just staring at you they cross the window. That's a whole different thing. But I can't say, but a psych nerd is kind of easy because all you do is pass out pills. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start with that. Um, trying to get more into my traveling business and my hookahs and then get back into modeling, hopefully. So we gonna just keep going up the ladder. Gotcha. And last but not least, tell the world, I'm like, actually, what can they find you in your business? Um, Y'all can find me on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, um, Amazon, business, you name it. It's going to be I Don't Care Dami. So it's IDC4Cs underscore Dami. And on there, I also showcase my hookah business, which is called Imperial Hookah underscore HSV. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook with that. Gotcha. We done.